For this program, we tried to reach Mark Sisson, who recently published The Keto Reset Diet. His office referred us to L. Russ. I wondered, who is L. Russ? So L. and I had a nice half hour or so conversation, and I was intrigued. Her focus on hypothyroidism is, to me, as poignant a topic as I can find. We have so many people I see that are stressed out by the littlest thing or that work out all the time and keep gaining weight, plus dozens of other symptoms. And what amazes me is that as you listen or read deeper into this interview, which really takes off around minute 23, you can see she is likely onto something that should be flushed out for so many people. As Sid Baker said, and I keep thinking back to how his interview is the gift that keeps giving, sometimes the treatment is the most powerful diagnostic. In this case, L. Ross is suggesting that for many with hypothyroidism, trying her paleo diet and adding T3 to your medication is a relatively painless, very low risk and low cost method to see if that is your issue. A doctor should have no reason other than obstinacy to not try this method. I told a few people that I was having L on my show and suggested they listen as they have been diagnosed with hypothyroidism and are on Synthroid, but still have most of the symptoms. Their response was, is she an MD? And of course I said, no, they dismissed her. But as a patient myself, I have the perspective and the experience-driven humility to say back to them, has your doctor fixed you? And the answer evidently is no, or I would not have said something to them. L has more credibility than many doctors because she was ineffectively treated by the doctors, never accepted the status quo, and created her own healthy outcome. At five foot two, she is a spitfire that I would not want to mess with, but definitely want to work with. She coaches people, and I have already recommended her to a few people. She does not mince words nor waste time. And if you have hypothyroidism or treat people with it, I really do suggest you buy the paper version of her book and use it as a manual. As well, listen to her other more detailed podcasts and subscribe to her own podcast series. It is all at www.lruss.com. That's E-L-L-E-R-U-S-S.com. And if you want to read this transcript, which I have marked up in bold and italics for background information and underlined for prescriptive areas and a few more with bold for higher emphasis, you can find it at www.p5protocols.com. That is www.p, the number five, P-R-O-T-O-C-O-L-S.com. And please submit your email address to sign up for our weekly newsletter that will begin Friday, January 5th, which will include a notification of our weekly podcast edition. And with that, here is L. Russ. Welcome to the next edition of P5 Protocols. I'm fortunate today to have L. Russ, the author of The Paleothyroid Solution, uh, and she is an expert in what I would call all things thyroid. I love having former uh, and I guess recurring patients, since we all are in some form or another on the podcast, um, because normally they're the ones who get to the bottom of things uh, deeper than really any doctor can, um, but of course, have to work with the medical community. Uh, and so, uh, Elle, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, and you have a wonderful website as well uh, at lrus.com. Uh, very simple, E-L-L-E-R-U-S-S.com, which has a tremendous amount of information. 
as well as a link to uh, a bunch of other interviews that you've done that have a lot of background information on the work. So today we're going to um, start with background and, and, and talk about your, your philosophy and your view, but then we're going to, in fairly short order, I'd love to get into how you practice medicine with your patients and how you coach people. So uh, if you would start with just your history and, and how you came into this, you know, going back all the way into how you came into this profession, would be great. Yeah, well, it was an absolute accident, to be honest with you. I am a writer, actually, I'm a comedy writer. And that was initially why I was in Los Angeles and had moved out here to pursue that and was doing that. And in that quest, you know, I, because of the way that I look, sort of was put into that ingenue category. And uh, leading ladies, you know, as we see in movies and TVs and film, look badass like they're athletes, right? They're slim, fit, trim, right? They're practically bikini models. So it's sort of like you knew that going in that direction, you had to sort of be fit and athletic. And I was doing it what I thought the healthy way, which was, you know, okay, instead of like doing a bunch of cocaine and smoking cigarettes, you know, I will go work out and, you know, try to follow whatever the latest, uh, you know, whatever the wisdom is. And so oddly enough, in my quest for that, I did achieve, quote, the body, but on the inside was ruined. And that's a perfect example. And we can get into that later of looking at someone and saying, wow, I, I really wish I had their body. And I would say, uh, yeah, I'd like to see their blood work first. Because just because, you know, there's a lot of skinny fat and a lot of skinny diabetic and unhealthy and inflamed. So in the quest for, you know, the ultimate body being fit and trim, I achieved it. But a couple things were going on at the time. One, I was suffering so badly still with food addictions. I was hypoglycemic. I was like just all over the place with blood glucose management. And I'd freak out if I didn't have food or something after four or five hours. I'd have a total meltdown, have to drive to the grocery store and get food in my mouth. And I was suffering in this way of having to constantly exude willpower. And I felt like something was wrong with me. And I thought to myself, all right, so either all the other fit people out there are not talking about this and they're suffering too, or is this just the way to do it? And I have a problem inherently. And what I realize is, no, it's nothing to do with me and no one else is hiding it. It's just that I'm on the wrong paradigm entirely. And that paradigm led to a thyroid problem. And so, you know, I was just in the quest for this and achieved it, but still didn't feel right, didn't make sense. It felt punishing. Um, and I still was constantly obsessed with food, despite, you know, having the body I wanted. And then everything fell apart. And I was in a major city with the best hormone doctors, celebrity doctors, Los Angeles, that you can find anywhere. And I was mistreated, misdiagnosed. I went through 25, 50 doctors on this in, in about 10 years with two bouts of hypothyroidism. And um, ultimately, the reason I wrote the book is because I ended up dosing myself back to health and not using a doctor. I doctored myself. And while I don't suggest that people do that, there's a lot of patients that are left in the dust and have to. Um, that being said, I'm so glad I did because you know, six years of my life that hypothyroidism ruined I feel are worth it now to be able to save and help other people get from A to Z in terms of feeling like crap to wellness in a much shorter time than I did. Um, I went undiagnosed for two years. 60% of the population is undiagnosed. Um, and, and so, you know, it was a total disaster. I had to figure it out myself. And the one part of that that's important for everyone to know is my level of perseverance was inexhaustible. How badly do you, I was willing to do anything I had to, 
But I was not going to live like that. And I was not going to listen to doctors. They kept hurting me. They kept proving themselves to be not the people to understand the situation. And, you know, frankly, they the ones that I went to didn't. And so I, the only person to help, my, help me was myself. And um, I'm so glad I did. But, you know, it was a very scary, lonely place to be. And, you know, the end result is, wow, would I trade it? No, the experience was worth it for a million reasons. And so um, obviously I'm out of it now, but I wrote the book to, because it was the book I was looking for when I was crying every day for months and years, could barely stand being in my own body. And not just because you get fat and bloated, it's because you're literally dying slowly. And so I, um, you know, for me now, it's, it, it was so worth it. Um, to be able to help others not go through that suffering. So, so it's amazing. 60% of the people, is that, is that globally or just in the U S that are. That's globally 200 plus million people worldwide have thyroid problems. It's the number one prescribed medication in the U S um, Synthroid is anyway, which by the way is not necessarily the most optimal prescription, it has failed many people, and it has a very sordid history, and it is not endocrine mimicry. So Synthroid has become something that is almost the first order of business for doctors and should not be. So there's issues there. But yes, 60% are undiagnosed. And I mean, I remained undiagnosed for two years because the doctor kept taking the wrong test and said, your thyroid's fine. Go work out and, and, and eat less. So, you know, I mean, it was a disaster. I had exploded in weight. Um, uh, so many health problems. I have over 30 symptoms in that book. It it was a disaster. If you're hypothyroid, you will get a disease you otherwise would not have gotten if you weren't in a hypothyroid state because you're slowly dying. You have no metabolic activity. Shiz is going to go wrong. It's going to go wrong. So um, yeah, it was a really scary, lonely place, but you know, overcame it. And then, um, so I accidentally got into this and the paleo primal connection is not a gimmick uh, on the cover of a book to just throw out a, a popular catchphrase right now. It's really because it's ultimately aligned with how the thyroid works and how our genetics and DNA are expected to work. And so I didn't discover that until I ran into and started working for Mark Sisson, who's the best-selling author of a book called The Primal Blueprint. And he's also the New York Times best-selling author of The Keto Reset Diet. And it was the first I had heard of this thing, paleo primal ancestral health. And I jumped right in, it changed my life. And so much so I ended up, you know, getting certified as the fifth person in the world to be certified in it, uh, through Mark Sisson's program. And then really the light bulbs went off about the connections. And so I'm the first person in the world to connect these two things together in terms of thyroid health. And it was something that was not apparent years prior. Got it. And, and so maybe, maybe this is good a time as any to talk about how you work with patients and, and kind of the, give them a sense of, of what, you know, of, of the testing you do, the frequency of the testing, and, and maybe we, we could look at it from a couple of different patient personas, uh, if, if that's the right word, which I use for different, uh, when I try to say what's the typical patient and, and how you practice. So, uh, 
Well, let's just start with those terms are more for medical doctors, and I do not have an MD. Um, but I do thyroid coaching, and it's really to educate and teach people how to look at their blood results, you know, where and how to work with doctors, how, if their doctors are uneducated, and, and in what way are they, and can we educate them? And if not, then, you know, you need to find someone who is. And so it's really, that's that's what I work with people all over the world on. And the majority of the time, unfortunately, and it's on the cover of my book, the cover of my book says stop feeling fat, foggy and fatigued at the hands of uninformed doctors. And so 99.9% of everyone that calls me, their doctors have no idea what they're doing, literally. And some people might be like, well, that just makes no sense. Were they going to some, you know, you know, back of a Kentucky Fried Chicken doctor? Like what kind of, no, these are Harvard educated doctors. These are the best of the best. And so in my book, I have a doctor who explains and describes in the Q&A in the back of my book, why doctors aren't educated in this, why they're uninformed, why don't they know what they're doing? So a lot of times too, when people call me in their blood work, their doctor has made a suggestion to them that literally in truth, in terms of what it would do to the person, would absolutely hurt them tremendously. Borderline malpractice. So unfortunately, it's really tough because you have a lot of people, and I, I was there too, where there's a lot of on part of the patient feeling bad that they didn't take control sooner to learn about their disease further because they just put it their health in the hands of a doctor. And then also really coming to grips with the fact that they've been mistreated for many years. That is a really hard day for a lot of people, you have to understand people have had organs removed, they do not have to have removed. Do you know, what I mean, stuff yeah. happens to people But then later on, they find out you mean to tell me I didn't need to get my thyroid radioactively zapped, or you know, I didn't need to get a hysterectomy, like it was all related to this. And my endocrinologist never even tested me to see if I even had Hashimoto's for 10 years, I had two miscarriages, that's the kind of stuff. So the, the the bummer about the phone calls, aside from, you know, the sadness on the part of the patient who's struggling with all these symptoms is no one's listening. No one seems to care. And in their mind, oh my God, their doctor doesn't even know. So now they feel left where I was. Like, what do I do? Am I on my own here? You know, and that's a scary place to be. So I don't suggest that anyone do it on their own. Um, you know, I can't be in someone's head and understand their level of uh, intelligence, risk, conservativeness when it comes to this stuff. I did it myself. Millions of patients have. But it's really to, yeah, so I work with people to guide them, to educate them and looking at their blood work, seeing, you know, where it needs to be optimal, suggesting, you know, that they look into supplements and talk to their doctor about some things. Um, low, low ferritin, low iron storage is classic with thyroid patients. So that's one thing that we, we focus on with testing. I can rattle off all of the tests that I suggest right away. But for the baseline, for anyone listening, if you think that you might have a thyroid problem, or you're on thyroid hormone, and you're still not feeling great, and your doctor's like, you're fine, and you're kind of going, nah, then you should get the following tested. TSH, free T4, free T3, reverse T3, and then two Hashimoto's antibody tests. One is called TPO antibody, that stands for thyroid peroxidase, and the second one is thyroid globulin antibody, TGAB. Um, that's the baseline. Beyond that, we're looking at ferritin, um, uh, vitamin D, B12, homocysteine, DHA sulfate, and then there's endless amount of tests. 
I mean, heavy metals affect thyroid, uh, being exposed to black mode. I mean, there's, there's a million other things that come into play and affecting, but that's a baseline beginning for people listening. If they're like, what are the correct tests? And if you're on thyroid hormone and you don't have any of those tests in your blood history, your doctor has no idea what they're doing and you need to run and you need to get another doctor who does. <laughs> yeah. That's not always so easy. <laughs> um, you're telling you know, me, I, look, I, I, I I, I still believe most doctors have the best of intentions. They get overwhelmed. And and then I think, you know, the, being a long-term investor, the fallacies of, uh, you know, of, of groupthink, of, um, you know, always being one of the smartest people and the self-reinforcement. I know you actually talk about that in your interview, uh, the transcript of which is in the back of your book with with Dr. Uh, Gary Forsman. Um, and and it's, it's very predictable. But what, what's interesting is at least in the in the gastrointestinal world, starting to see major shifts, and in other areas are seeing shifts. But from what you're telling me, um, thyroid seems to really be lagging dramatically. No, there are shifts. There's been some shifts over the past 10 years. People are getting smarter. There are, you know, now there's websites, there's free podcasts. This information was not available when I was suffering, okay? I couldn't even find what Paleo Primal was. Moreover, anyone who could, you know, tell me anything about a reverse T3 or what it was and what that meant. So I believe this day and age is a great time. The problem is you need to seek out the information. And the problem is most people are just like, want to go to a doctor and say, help yeah, Well, they're used me. to turning it over. And that's the wrong approach. When you go to a doctor, especially a regular HMO or endocrinologist, a doctor, you're looking at someone who's there to prescribe you something or surgery. That's pretty much it. You can't expect that they're going to know about nutrition. They're not. You can't expect that they're going to know about the latest lipid panel and how to analyze it. You know, you really can't. Oftentimes, they're steeped in 30, 40-year-old outdated protocols that they learn in medical school. They haven't gone above and beyond to learn the new stuff yet. And so they're still operating on, on old paradigms. And so, you know, you can go to one of those doctors and have them look at you for 15 minutes and just prescribe you Synthroid. But if that doctor understand the rest of your body and how that hormone can be received, then you're not going to get better. <laughs> you know, there, there's a whole package there to this, right? So this is sort of the classic thing. So where do you go then? Well, you know, you have to seek out functional medicine doctors in truly integrative physicians, you know, doctor of osteopath, pathic, um, you know, DOs, uh, people who go above and beyond, you have to sometimes go out of pocket. And, you know, these doctors spend sometimes an hour, an hour and a half with you, they will get to the bottom of it. They will help you. Um, but that's a bigger investment. So, you know, how badly do you want to get better? How quickly and how much is your health worth to you? And, and so diet. Mm -hmm. So since that's right up in front of the actual title of your book, um, what, like, I mean, for you, what, um, what percent of your diet is fat at this point? Cause you're, you're in a consistent state now, right? Uh, yeah, I don't, you know what? I don't measure, uh, I don't measure my macros at all. 
I really don't. What I do measure though is carbs. Um, I, and at this point, I'm so fat adapted and primal that it's pretty intuitive what I need to eat and when I've had too much of something. And so I think in the beginning, it's valuable to look at, you know, carb content things and, and look at fat and look at macros and kind of understand like, okay, well, I've been eating this kind of size steak and that when I eat steak and what is that really? Eight ounces? Like how much is that? How many calories is that? Like how much fat is there? It's good to get to know that stuff, but I kind of already know that now. So I don't have to be plugging things into a calculator. And also, here's the thing. At the end of the day, it's really intuitive. It gets super intuitive. You go down the road of becoming calorically efficient and fat adapted because you've gone primal and paleo. And at that point, it's not about matching every macro in each meal. You know, it's okay to eat an avocado by itself with salt. It's okay to just eat a steak and not have vegetables with it. You know, it's okay to eat vegetables on their own. You don't have to follow this strict, rigid thing on a regular basis. In fact, I would suggest that it's more fractal. You know, I don't, I eat the rainbow, but I don't eat the rainbow every day. But within a week, maybe one day there's Swiss chard in there. And then the next day there's a bunch of different colored peppers of whatever I'm doing. I mean, it all gets in there, right? To try to cram it all in every meal and every day, that's impossible. You know, and it's not how our ancestors lived. They didn't come across a cornucopia of beautiful stuff every time. I mean, this is not how we're designed to live. People eat too much in general. Even overeating healthy food is inflammatory. And so, you know, we're just an overfed society. And the overfeeding part is mostly carbohydrates. And that's why people are fat and miserable. And every single commercial on television is for something that manages blood glucose. Well, you don't need a pill because the only thing that manages blood glucose is the diet properly aligned with human DNA. That's called paleo, primal, ancestral, or evolutionary. And what does that mean? That means that unless you are a serious professional athlete like David Beckham, Michael Jordan, like for real athlete or a serious bricklayer for a profession, you should not be eating more than 150 grams total grams of carbohydrates every day. For someone like me, who's 5'2 and a female and who's small, 150 grams of carbs would be too much. I, for women who are around my size, you know, started 80 grams of total carbohydrates a day. And then you find your own personal threshold. Listen, Gabrielle Reese, the famous uh, Olympic volleyball player, you know, she, she's just a best-selling author. You know, everyone knows her. She's 175 pounds and 6'4". What she can eat versus what I can eat is totally different. It's totally different. She probably can even handle more protein and carbs than I can. She's a different, you know, machine than my small machine that can't handle as much. So it's really individual and it gets personal. And that's why it is a biohacking personal thing. Now you can follow a primal food list or, you know, menus and, and, and that kind of will start you off on the right path, but that will never stay the same because one day you'll wake up and you won't want to eat breakfast and you'll go, what? And, and, and then, so then that changes. And that's sort of the beginning of what fat adaptation means, moving into intermittent fasting, and also what it means to be calorically efficient. What you once ate and what fuels you now will be so much less in the long run that, it will be a conundrum you won't believe when you get there. Um, so, so that's a little bit of that. Interesting. And and so going taking a step back to the like the testing and your coaching. When a patient comes, are you? I know this Dr. Forsman, at, at least at the beginning, does testing every month. Is that is that what you recommend to until you found? 
Well, he doesn't test every single month, but he offers his patients a standing order for blood work so that, you know, if they feel something's off or they want to check in with it more, they can just go and do that. Um, but, but the rule of thumb is this. If you, if you want to reverse the thyroid problem naturally, then, you know, give it eight weeks of hardcore hitting the, the books on, on every, all my suggestions in there, and then you can get retested. If someone has to start thyroid hormone, then the general rule of thumb is this. When you start thyroid hormone, you want to get tested within the third and fourth week after beginning that, and then you'll probably need to get tested again every like four weeks or so until you reach whatever your optimal dose is, and that's an individual thing. Some people hit it right out of the park. It's very rare, but some person might get put on a starting dose and it's like, oh, I guess that's all I needed. Things look pretty great. But if you're someone who needs four times the starting dose, then that might mean like getting tested every month for three months because it would take that long to piecemeal up the medication in the way that it has to for uh, how the way thyroid hormones work. All right. So can we talk a little bit about the specifics of, of T3 versus T4 and, and, um, and I mean, we can avoid the whole concept of getting your doctor to listen uh, because <laughs> uh, for now at least. Um, but, you know, I mean, I'd love you to equip people with a little more information so that they have it and they can obviously get your book, which I strongly recommend. Um, and, and I've gone through it as lists of foods. It has just a, a host of things that make it really easy, like insanely easy. Um, it's one of the best laid out books I've come across, but if we could get into the specifics of of T3 and looking at T3 versus T3 versus T4 mm-hmm. uh, and the mechanics of it. And, 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 and also if someone is already on, you know, armor thyroid, what in order, and that's not right for them. They can't just, my understanding is they can't just stop taking it. Right. But, but you need to figure out, well, I well, well, it's actually a misguided question because I would say, well, what is it right for them about it? Okay. And then what would the answer be? So what? So then what? What would you say to that? Like, oh, well, they're just still not feeling good on it. That doesn't mean it's not wrong for them. It just means they might not be on the right dosing or the right way of scheduling the dosing. Um, uh, the time it would be wrong for someone is if they had a reverse T3 problem. Yeah, then armor thyroid would be wrong. Anything with four in it is wrong. So let me explain this to clear it up for everybody. I'm just going to give everyone a quick tutorial. But this is all everyone needs to know from the start before I even start this conversation. There is only one thyroid hormone that is biologically active and that works and that we need to live, period, end of story, and it's called T3. Now, you're going to hear me talk about T4, TSH, and reverse T3, and I'll explain how they're related. But at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is that everybody, the the only difference between someone being hypothyroid, underactive, or hyperthyroid, overactive, is their levels of T3, okay? Period, end of story. So, this is how it works. At the base of your brain, you have a pituitary gland, and it's like a sensor, okay? And it senses when your blood starts to get low in thyroid hormones, And when that happens, it sends a signal, a wake-up call to the thyroid gland, and that's called the TSH. Now, this test is a 1973 test. It should never be used ever, ever to assess thyroid health, period, end of story, unless it's in conjunction with the other tests I mentioned earlier. And if you have a doctor that's treating you based on a TSH, 
you better run because that is going to be a horrible story for you. And here's why. So it sends a signal. Now, I'm, I'm talking right now about a normal person who has normal thyroid function. So it sends a signal. The thyroid goes, got it. And it wakes up and it starts to pump out thyroid hormones. And here's how it pumps it out. It pumps out about 80% of something called T4, about 20% of T3. And then throughout the day, that 50% of that T4, of that 80% that was pumped out, about 50% of that is going to be converted into T3 as you need it. Now, why does this happen? If T3 is really important, then why doesn't the pituitary just go, yo, thyroid, pump out T3? And it does that. Why not? Here's why. It's really elegant. T3 is extremely powerful, extremely powerful. You as a normal person right now, if you took like 100 micrograms of T3 right now, you could have a heart attack. It raises heart rate. It's in control of everything, every metabolic function in your body. Okay. So it's really powerful. And T4 is this lovely pro-hormone. It's, it's like, well, it's a storage hormone. And so it's kind of getting stored up and built up. And then it releases and converts into the thing that matters, T3, as you need it. And it's lovely. Now, why would it do that? Because T3 is so powerful. And because direct T3 peaks and dissipates within four hours. So it's it's not as steady. It's, it's, it's in and it's out. It's powerful. Boom, I'm going to hit it in and then I'm dropping. So T4 is this lovely, like dispensing, slow release kind of mechanism that our, that our bodies do. Now, whatever T4 has not been converted into T3, the thing that matters, gets flooded out through a process called reverse T3, and reverse T3 is the inactive form of T3. So basically, why would it do that? Here's why. T3 is very powerful. It's in charge of your heart rate, your temperature, everything. Let's say you get into a car accident and your leg is severed. Oh my God. In that moment, the thyroid is going to downregulate because it's not going to throw any more metabolic gasoline on this fire because now you're inflamed. Shiz is going down. It's bad. And it's not going to create anything to that inflammation. There's a threat now and it's going to go, whoa, 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 let's hold back. Or let's say you're overweighting out and under eating and not being satiated and eating the right diet. The body's going to go, the primal perspective is, this chick is starving. We're going to downregulate this. We're also going to give her a miscarriage if she gets pregnant, or we're not going to be able to let her get pregnant because this is no time for her to bring a child into this world. Why do I say all of this? Like I'm talking like from the body's perspective, because your body's trying to save you at every minute all the time. Type 2 diabetes, that's your body trying to save you. You're lucky if you get fat and you're a type 2 diabetic. Your body's trying to save your life. If you're a skinny diabetic, oof dangerous because now it's in your bloodstream. See what I mean? Your body's trying to save you all the time. So in this scenario, it's always going to try to save you too. So what messages are you sending? All right. So the messages come in the form of like over-exercising or stress, not enough sleep, or just an antagonistic lifestyle with bitter relationships, right? Just any kind of stress will also give the body the fight or flight. It doesn't know the difference between the stress of talking to the lawyer from your ex uh, debacle or whatever marriage, you know, like it doesn't know the difference between that and running from a tiger. Okay. It's the same adrenal fight or flight response. And the message to the thyroid is trouble. Or if you're eating, overworking out, you're not satiated. The body thinks it's starving. It's going to go, this chick doesn't have enough fat. So we're not going to give her more of the thing that burns fat, which is T3. And by the way, 
only fat burner in your entire body is T3. It's the only one. So everyone in this world has a thyroid gland. If you don't have it, it was surgically removed. If you were born without it, you are like one in a gajillion. And you cannot live without it, aka you cannot live without proper thyroid hormones. So what's life? So if you're on a stranded island and you don't have a thyroid, you're dead. So what do you think life's going to be like if you live with suboptimal, subpar thyroid hormone levels? It's a slow death riddle with horrible disease and misery. It's exactly what it is. And you'll eventually die of something you get because you were in that state that you wouldn't have had to gotten if you weren't hypothyroid. Same goes for hyper. Overactive is very dangerous. Those people uh, are in threat of having heart attacks. It's it's very scary situation. So that's something that is, is, is very severe as well. This is a thermostat. It's not too hot, not too cold. It's Goldilocks. Humans, we all have an average temperature in the afternoon and upon waking for a reason. There's enzymatic processes. There's all sorts of things going on there. So T3 is the thing. That's why hypothyroid patients are freezing all the time because their temperature is like 96 degrees. When I was hypothyroid, my temperature was 96 degrees all the time, even at three in the afternoon. Now I'm 98.6, like a normal person. And so the thyroid, if you care about fat burning, and you care about life, then everybody should care about the health of your thyroid and how to prevent these problems by treating it right with the right messages, with the right foods, with the right supplements, with the right nutrient levels, you know? And so, so, so here's the thing. So let's get back to TSH, free T3, free T4. So you can give a patient all the Synthroid you want, which is T4 only. Now, I mentioned earlier that that's not endocrine mimicry. So now that you know that your own thyroid, when it's working properly, pumps out 80% T4 and 20% T3, giving a patient T4 only is not endocrine mimicry. Our bodies do not rely on conversion alone. Does that make sense? Yep. So, so, so here's the thing. Now, let's say you're running a wrong paradigm in life. doesn't matter you're stressed, you got nutrient deficiencies, whatever, and you've been on Synthroid for a few years, you start getting fat, you're not feeling great, you're still tired, whatever it is. Your doctor keeps telling you your thyroid's fine. Is he testing the free T3? I doubt it. I bet everybody on this show who's on Synthroid, go back and look at your blood work. Has your doctor ever tested anything other than the TSH and T4? And you're going to go back to your blood work and go, oh my God, that chick on that radio show was right. Why didn't they? And here's the problem. Why are they not testing the thing that matters? T4 means nothing. I've lived without T4 in my body for five years. I take T3 only as a hypothyroid patient. You need it to live. Is it lovely to have? Yes, because of the elegant pro-hormone slow release. It's doing the, the thinking for you. It's great. You want it to be that way. However, it doesn't always work that way. And so you can give a patient all the T4 they want, but what if it's converting into reverse T3 instead? And that happens. What causes that? Low selenium, heavy metals, a toxic body, Lyme's disease, EBV, a million other things, okay? There's lots of things that will conflict with this conversion happening. So if that doctor doesn't know anything about reverse T3 or T3, they just keep giving the patient T4. Why aren't they testing the thing that matters? It's the only thing that matters. So let me give you an example about how powerful T4 is here. Side note, if you... Google Cytomel, which is T3. If you Google lyothyronine sodium, that's T3. About 500 million bodybuilding websites will pop up. And it's like, what's this? I'll tell you what it is. It's because T3 is such a powerful fat burner that bodybuilders will 
overtake their thyroids, very dumb, not healthy, not safe, and they will jam themselves with T3 for about eight weeks. They could burn as much fat as humanly possible as quickly as possible before a competition. That should say everything about T3 that you need to know. Now, there's also danger in that because you take too much, right? Not good for the heart. It also could be inflammatory if you take too much. If you're on too much, eventually. So it's not a game of, oh, great, I'll go get some T3, solve my thyroid problem, lose all that weight. Not, nah, it could backfire. It could really backfire. So so it really is a delicate situation. It's easy to achieve, but it's something where it's like you can't half-ass and willy-nilly thyroid hormones. And again, also just continuing to take them doesn't mean are they getting to where they need to go? Are they being metabolized right? Because there's a lot of people on Synthroid suffering. So here's the thing. How did Synthroid become this, uh, you know, like... Endocrine, endocrinologist, you know, Nazi, like uh, Synthroid Nazis, we call them. It's because this, in the 1800s, this physician extracted thyroid from a sheep and he injected it into someone who had hypothyroidism and it worked. Thus, they developed natural desiccated thyroid, which is essentially chopped up dried pig gl- uh, thyroid gland, which is in the ratio of 20 of T4 to T3. Okay, so T4, T3 combo is the best medication for most people, whether it's in the form of natural desiccated or you take Synthroid and Cytomel and you do a combination of both. But T4 only is not optimal and actually neither is T3 only. And I'm on T3 only as well. I have a reverse T3 problem, so I'm still on it. Um, So someone could remain extremely hypothyroid, even though they're on thyroid hormones because they don't know any better and they keep going to their doctor and the doctor doesn't know any better. And so, you know, for example, there's a thyroid patient in my book, one of the success stories that had two miscarriages, suffered for 10 years, was told she was crazy. When we look back at all of her blood work, the endocrinologist had only told told her that natural desiccated was for pigs, not humans, told her, oh, the only medication for her was Synthroid, told her that there was nothing wrong with her, and she probably had a closet eating disorder, even though she was training for a marathon. And um, he never tested her for Hashimoto's, of which she was riddled with. And by the time that 10 years ended and she went to go see a functional doctor, and um, she had the immunity profile of someone who had just gone through chemo and she was 32 years old. Because that's the mismanagement that happened with Synthroid with that endocrinologist. They never, fa- it just, Synthroid failed her and it fails a lot of people. Now it can work for a lot of people too, but I'm going to tell you this right now. And this is something Dr. Forsman said in the Q and A, if anyone listening, or you know, anyone in your life and you're listening that takes Synthroid, make sure you ask them, do you take the brand name or the generic? And if they say, oh, I take generic, I take levothyroxine. You better get them to my book or to my webpage or to this podcast, because here's the thing. Something about the brand name is better than generic. And it's one of the things that doctors, especially Forsman, he prescribes tons of medications as any MD does, but the only medication in his practice that he will not prescribe generic is Synthroid. And that's because something about generic levothyroxine has been known to throw off people's numbers, liver enzymes, thyroid values, etc. So if you're listening now or you know anyone in your life that's on generic levothyroxine, T4 only, for thyroid hormones, have them switch the brand name at the very least. That I do know. Now, so natural desiccated is a very cheap, great option, and it works for most people, but it's made from pigs. So if you're Jew or you don't uh, eat porner against animals, then you would have to be on maybe compounded T4 and T3. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. All that matters is, is this stuff converting? And is it at the levels that 
are eliminating symptoms. And the free T3 result usually correspond with how someone feels. And so that's why it's tested. And when it's not tested, you can now see what a joke it is. Because here's the thing, you can test the TSH all you want. It's just a signal. It's a snapshot. It fluctuates so much during the day. I could go work out and the TSH after my workout could go up to like 3.5 just because it's like, yo, yo, time for thyroid hormones, right? It's a snapshot. So it's a useless it's a useless way to look at it. It's also the signal. I don't order from Amazon, and if the package doesn't come, I don't keep ordering it. I call up and I go, yo, tracking? Where's the tracking? Where's the tracking number? Let's call UPS, right? All that matters is you get the package, and the package is optimal T3 levels. End of story. For 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 hyper, for hypo, getting to the right T3 levels is really what it's about. Yep. So, you know, what I like you also talk about, and, and you kind of address it on the adrenal side, but not to brush over it, maybe go back is the other things that you can, that the stress it puts on the body or, or just all stress on the body um, and, and, and getting it out of that fight or flight mode and giving your body a chance to heal itself, right? Um, and, you know, what, what, what did you use? I mean, you talk about... Um, Using all different methods for from a, I wouldn't call it psychotherapy standpoint, but um, to manage stress, what, what what do you recommend or what? You know, I mean, I, and everyone has their own. I understand, but that, that works for them. But can you just talk a little bit more about that relationship and what you recommend people do to control their stress and cortisol? Well, most if you're hypothyroid then your adrenals are likely suffering because so the body doesn't have any T3, right? Or it's got extremely low levels. So you're freezing, you're constipated, everything's slow, sluggish, hair is falling out, right? Then there's a million other symptoms, right? Okay, so everything's slow, sluggish, there's just no fire, right? And so in that scenario, the adrenals then are like, we got to get her out of bed, right? So it over and outputs too much cortisol and they get exhausted and you get adrenal fatigue. And so that leads to a lot of shakiness, anxiety attacks. Sometimes people are hypo get anxiety attacks for the first time in their life. They think it's, and then again, their doctor's like, nothing's wrong with your thyroid must be, you're crazy, right? You just have, you know, I guess you're just having, you're freaking out. And it's not, it's because the adrenals are suffering. So they have to really, what led to the other? chicken egg? We don't know. You could exhaust your adrenals and have it affect your thyroid. It would still be antagonistic to thyroid. Usually it's the thyroid drops and then the adrenals get exhausted. And the only way to fix that in that situation is to solve the thyroid adrenals together. So um, that's that. But for someone who's out there and is fine and doesn't have a thyroid problem, but has stress and needs to look at kind of supporting your adrenals, which everyone really does. In that case, I would say, you know, getting adequate salt, you know, look at something like Redmond real salt or Celtic sea salt and waking up in the morning, taking a, you know, sprinkle on the hand, lick it, take a salt lick, uh, lemon water in the morning, you know, for some liver healing as well. So salt is one way and people don't get enough of the good stuff. And I'm not talking the top ramen salt, right? We all know that that's the crappy kind. Um, vitamin C and proper B complex and things like that can really support the adrenals. 
And there's, of course, aptogenic herbs and things like that. There's brands like Gaia Herbs who have an adrenal support, you know, herbal formula that anyone can try one of those things as well. But that's not going to correct an adrenal problem that then will correct a very severe thyroid problem. It would be something you'd have to do hand in hand as you're also treating the thyroid or as you're going through a natural protocol to heal the thyroid for sure. But it really has to get worked out because excess cortisol, so people who are hypothyroid often have really low cortisol. And that's why they take some three hours to get going in the morning. Or they have a fluctuation of like high nighttime cortisol, like they can't go to bed at night. So they get this high cortisol at night. And it's just really wonky adrenals. And you don't want that. You want it to have its proper rise and falls and its valleys. And, you know, it's the most production of cortisols in the morning for everybody. It's get you out of bed. And so we need that. Um, And cortisol in your adrenals need T3. So they can't work without each other. And so, you know, it's, it's something that's really important for everyone to get on. And the people that are still playing that game where they're going to bed at midnight and getting up at six, it's not going to work out people. You have got to prioritize sleep unless that really does work for you and feel great. But for most people that I know with families and jobs and friends who are complaining about being tired all the time, and then you ask them about their sleep and they're not prioritizing it. They're really not. So, you know, at some point, you know, we're friends of mine, even, uh, and I've, said this word before. I'm not interested in having a conversation. Stop complaining about being tired when you are an adult and don't prioritize then making sleep a priority. You have the decision to shut down stuff at 10 o'clock and start to wind down by 11 instead of 12 or whatever. It's the same thing if an adult were chronically late. Unacceptable. You know this world. You, you haven't learned time management? Come on, people, right? So so some things are just cop-outs and, and, and that would be probably in line there. All right. So, um, yeah, is there anything else that, that you recommend that, that you, you know, for a patient that you think we haven't specifically covered? I mean, I have to say, like, for those listening, <laughs> what? No, I mean, a lot of things. Yeah. I mean, for one, there's selenium and, you know, yeah. Yeah. That, that's the issue is getting is, is once we go past that layer, um, uh, you know, you're digging in, but this, this, this book is, actually beautiful, uh, highly organized. And, and if, if you knew me and for those listening, if, if you knew me, I don't give out those compliments very often. No, thank you. Um, you know, I, it's funny you said it was beautiful and it is aesthetically probably one of the most gorgeous books. And the reason is that I, I know how, what it's like to suffer. And I just wanted, it's also hard. Like I mentioned the, my book, like sometimes you might need to have a friend read the book with you because your brain doesn't, you have more T3 receptors in your brain than anywhere else. So when you're hypothyroid, you can't think, you start to speak like a dyslexic, you mix up your words, you have to reread pages, you forget numbers, you, your, your, your mind is going. And so sometimes it's hard to comprehend the information. I wanted to put it in a visually palatable way to understand it and also make it like a lovely, positive, you know, bright journey. A lot of all the photos are almost from Hawaii and all the colors are very tropical. And, you know, that was sort of what I was going for. So I'm glad you said that because I wanted it to be a little bit something extra special instead of just a white book with black writing, you know, on it. And I think at the end of the day, you know, selenium is really important for everyone. And we talk about the conversion from T4 to T3. Selenium is highly depleted in our soil and taking a couple of Brazil nuts a day isn't going to do the job if you have a compromised gut. Now, 
let's just go back to hypo for a second. Your hypo, it's slow. You take a bite of food. You're producing less hydrochloric acid. It's not breaking down the food. It's not breaking down the nutrients. You can't absorb it. That's why you become deficient because you can't hold on to these things when you're hypothyroid. Do you know what I mean? So selenium is really important. The best, I, I'm just going to mention the brand. If you can find the same form anywhere, it's fine. But the form is important. And Life Extension makes selenium in the right form, in the most absorbable form. It's S-E-methyl-L-selenocysteine is the form. And everybody out there right now listening can take 200 micrograms a day, at least for the next couple of months, and then fractally take it once a week or a couple times a week to get up selenium levels and keep those steady. You know, unless you're eating a ton of sardines or whatever, but a lot of people are deficient in it. So that's a nutrient that everybody can do to help prevent and, and keep that conversion, you know, going well. And that's a real simple, cheap, no brainer that doesn't really conflict with other supplements and things like that. So that's a, just like a basic one that everybody probably could use a little selenium and, and get that knocked in there. You know what I mean? Yep. And so, you know, I mean, one of the things I see your progression of your phases just to, uh, as, as we start to bring things to a close, you, you do start getting people increasingly active with what I would call healthy stress. Um, and, and, uh, which obviously in, increases, you know, healthy stress in the mitochondria and, uh, and helps, and then um, you you know you you do talk about full blown ketosis a little bit, um, and uh, just curious, do, do you cycle in and out of ketosis, or do you? Oh yeah, all the time. I, I consider myself keto. Uh, I don't test my blood, but I just know you can feel it at this point. That's another thing too that I like that Mark Sisson clarifies in his new book and in his interviews, which is you know again it's about. How attached are you to the macros, the list, the da, da, da. you know, at some point you got to let go and just feel it out, you know, unless of course you are recovering from type two diabetes and you really do need these diagnostics, you know, and they could be helpful, but it, you can measure blood, but does that mean you're in ketosis? Oh, I'm not, I'm in, I'm out. And it's kind of like, ah, uh, you know, you're probably in, I don't know that it's just measuring the blood ketones, but it's not necessarily measuring like how efficiently you're using them. So I don't suggest anyone go in ketosis when they're hypothyroid because it won't work. It would be like you asking like you and me on a camping trip and it's been raining for a week and it's pouring rain and you go, should I go out there and like light a fire? And I would look at you like you're nuts because it would make no sense. And the same thing goes here. You cannot get into ketosis. You already have mitochondrial dysfunction when you are hypothyroid. So it's, oh, it would be, it would feel bad to the person and it wouldn't work anyway. And it could be harmful because you're hypo, you're not processing fat. So yeah, your cholesterol labs, labs and hypo patients' cholesterol labs are usually out of whack because again, slow, sludgy, not burning anything. See what I mean? So, so, so that's, and again, hyper, oh my God, I'm eating all the time. I'm burning it. You know what I mean? It's a, that's a different, that's a different ball game. So, um, so yeah, I don't suggest that. And the other pitfall is this, a lot of people, because they gain weight when they're hypothyroid, because they have no metabolism and they have no T3 and they get fat and they're like, I can't lose weight. So then they're working out all the time. And that is a it's a re it's a real, uh, it's a mind screw because you as a person see yourself, feel yourself getting fatter. You want to get ahead of it. So the inclination is to go work out, but then you go do that and you're taking five steps backwards because now you've overexhausted your adrenals that are already exhausted and you don't even have any T3 anyway. And then a patient will go, I know, but I feel better after a workout. And I go, right. Cause you got a th cortisol surge from your adrenals, but you're killing yourself. See what I mean? So it doesn't, 
it doesn't like it's hard to get past that logic. Like it, logically, you go, but I get, I'm getting fat. I go, the best thing to do is when you're seriously hypothyroid and fat and hanging out is chill and just be as religious as you can and willpower with food, even though that's hard because you're craving lots of junk. You can't get fat adapted when you're hypothyroid, but you can start. Or if you've at the beginning phases, you know, again, you could approach this process like the natural protocol in my book. If you know you have some thyroid problems, you want to try to turn it around naturally. I've seen people do that in six weeks. I've seen labs. I mean, I've seen miracles in six weeks. So you can hit it hard and be strict. Um, but it w- it still won't turn around everything in six weeks. It'll it'll turn around a lot, but it takes you know it takes a while for these hormonal signals and stuff. Not too long, you know. You be getting better, better progressively. But at the end of the day, you don't want to go work out and do things like that when you're in a really awful state. Even though it seems counterintuitive, but it's best to just either do nothing or light stretching or just like light, long, chill walks because. And again, I've had people challenge me and go, but I know, but I I haven't lifted weights in a while. You know, I used to be a bodybuilder and like, so I just don't want my muscles to go to waste. And I'm like, but listen to what you're asking me. You're asking me if you can go light a wet log. The question alone doesn't make sense. Does that make sense? So it's tough to wrap your head around that, but I, I, I want to hit that clear is that going and working out when you're gaining fat and you're feeling awful and your hypothyroid is going to hamper your progress and it's actually better to chill out. Interesting. And I, so I, I have one, I think last question and that is, so are you, you're, you're still on, on T3? Well, I had, uh, I was on thyroid, I was on a natural desiccated thyroid for many years. Then I got a reverse T3 problem where the T4 wasn't converting. So I had to go on T3. Then I was on T3 for about four years and I went off recently, about five months ago, I went off altogether and my thyroid did come back. However, I still had a reverse T3 problem. So, uh, we said, all right, well, what have I not fixed? Cause I've fixed almost every underlying problem of reverse T3, you know, all the underlying causes. So what could it be? We realized we had never tested me for heavy metals and I had forgotten that I still had a silver filling left in my mouth. So heavy, and I got my heavy metals test was not good. I had very high mercury. That is also a mitochondrial hamper. Er. So, and it's a thyroid hamper too. So I've, for the past several months, have been doing a, a detox uh, from the mercury and I did get my silver filling removed. I'm only on 20 micrograms of T3 per day. I split dose it. And before at one point I was on a hundred. So um, that just goes to show you right there, the drop in that. And also half my thyroid is currently working after 13 years, which is you know, so I'm, I'll probably attempt to go off it again, but I'll want to get the heavy metals retid and, um, you know, see, see what's going on there. And then if that doesn't work, oh, well, then there's something must be inherently about me where I'm not able to end. There's enzymes involved in that conversion. There's some other things involved there that it would be rare for a person not able to convert. But if that happens to be my lot in life, then thank God there's T3 only because T3 is the does not convert into reverse T3. So it's the lifesaver. The only thing that converts into reverse T3 is T4. That's why if a patient has a reverse T3 problem, you do not give them more T4. You're only giving them more of the thing that's converting to the thing that doesn't matter and they're hypo, right? So T3 does not convert into reverse T3. So it is the last choice of business and the last order for treatment. However, some patients are treated with depression with T3. Like people who don't have thyroid problems, sometimes doctors will just give them like five micrograms of T3 and that will solve depression. Um, 
it's it's truly amazing. So I did get hypothyroid about five months after I went off. And so I went back on T3 and then within 48 hours, like a whole new different world. So I actually recently went through a, a brief bout of hypothyroidism and I started to get chunky and, you know, I noticed and I had to kind of accept it because I was like, all right, well, I'm doing this experiment and, you know, it could take three months to recalibrate a thyroid. And um, then it became obviously unbearable and we did some more tests and realized, yep, still a reverse T3 problem. So that's when we looked at the heavy metals. So yeah, I'm still on T3 only, which is very rare. And, um, and another thing too is most people who write books about thyroid have never been on T3 only because it is a very rare thing to do. And a lot of doctors don't even know where to begin with that. So have that personal experience, which is important and valuable for people that need that. Great. That's awesome. Yeah. It's always, it's, it's always a challenge because you know, the, it, everything's always shifting. Uh, and, and, and I, I, uh, I greatly appreciate your coming on today and, um, it's, this has actually been fantastic, even even more of a tutorial than I thought. Um, so, uh, my pleasure. Well, it's really important, you know. It's it's uh, this is one thing I want to leave everyone with. Is first of all, this is totally solvable. Okay, don't let any doctor or anyone tell you, oh, well, you have hypothyroidism, so I guess you're just going to struggle with X. That's not true. That's just a doctor that has come to the end of their knowledge base and does not know how to get you to where you need to go. Hypothyroidism is fixable totally. Totally. So, um, you know, someone might have to be on medication forever, but again, you're not hypothyroid then because you're giving yourself the hormones that you need, right? So this is totally solvable and you never give up. Perseverance is what got me to where I am. You know, I always say, I joke around, I go, you know what? Hypothyroidism really chose the wrong person to mess with because I am that person that was going to get to the bottom of it. I'm not surprised in retrospect that I ended up writing a book, but persevere keep going. You will find the answers. And there's so many free podcasts out there. And also, no one needs to buy my book even. I, I tell everyone, listen, I have a whole email for everybody. If you contact me and go, hi, give me thyroid info. Done. That's it. I will send you an email. Here are the blood tests. Here's where to find the right doctor in your state. Here's, you know, information. Here's podcasts. Here's articles. Like, I want people to get free info because I spent $15,000 of my own money as a broke actor many years ago trying to figure this out and it didn't need to happen. Had I just gone to the right person or had, you know, it, that's why I was undiagnosed for two years. So anyone can contact me on my website, lross.com and just contact me through the forum and go, hey, heard you, just send me the info. Happy to send it. Great. Well, I appreciate it. And um, for... Uh, those listening again, it's, it's L E L L E Russ, R U S S dot com. And for that form, it's just forward slash contact. And, uh, of course, uh, if this has been forward to you or you, you want to register with us to get updates, you can go to P five protocols.com, uh, where this will be along with the transcript, uh, that we will be, as we always, uh, bold and italicized background information and, and typically uh, bold and underline what we would call prescriptive information. So again, L, thank you. Really appreciate your time today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Well, that last 30 minutes was chock full of great information on hypothyroidism. Some of L's almost rants were just spectacularly focused on issues that most doctors and thus patients ignore please make sure to go to www.lrus.com, that's E-L-L-E-R-U-S-S.com, 
and check out links to our other podcasts and go to www.p5protocols.com and find this transcript and sign up for our weekly newsletter, which again begins January 5th of 2018 or just in a few weeks. It will always be short and painless, but leads to a ton of reading if you want it. Thank you for joining us here at P5 Health Ventures and P5 Protocols. Have a wonderful holiday.